Are you ready to dive into the powerful truth the Kingdom of Heaven has for us? Let's join our host, Ruth Hendrickson, for Real Truth with Ruth as we dive into the Word of God. Hey everyone, welcome to Real Truth with Ruth. I'm so glad that you joined us again today. want to encourage you to just visit the website, ruthhendrickson.org, and join that email list um, so that we can keep in touch. We invite you to become part of the family. And speaking of family, today um, I have one of my brothers in Christ with us. His name is Jamie Fit. Jamie, I was trying to remember, how long have we known each other? 25 years? It's been quite a while, yeah. That's probably about right, yeah. Yeah, but we haven't aged at all. Not no, at no, no, all. Not, no, not even a little bit. No, no, not <laughs> at all. So um, I, I just thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Absolutely. Let me, tell, let me tell everyone a little bit about Jamie here. Jamie Fit has been serving the body of Christ in worship and teaching for over 20 years. He moves in breakthrough worship with a strong emphasis on prophetic worship and releasing the song in the moment. We're going to be talking some about that today. It is exciting to watch it happen, to see God break through. It's so great. So as a speaker, as a, as a preacher, Jamie releases biblical principles coupled with prophetic revelation that launches the hearer into a greater realization of their destiny. Another powerful component of ministry. Jamie, you live in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, the director of Philadelphia Tabernacle of David, which is a ministry that's co-founded along with your family. And mm-hmm. so, yep. yeah, it's it's just great to see the whole family up there and worshiping. And um, I have a little story about that that blesses me every time I see them. But anyways, Jamie travels internet, um, travels nationally with a special emphasis on the New York to DC region. And you had you and your wonderful wife Michelle have four amazing children. And so, so Jamie, welcome. Yes, thank you. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to, I, I have to, I have to tell a little story. I, one of the times when I was with you guys, as you were, as you were leading worship there in Philadelphia, uh, your mom was there at the keyboard and she had kids on her lap and like, she's just played along worshiping. And one of the things I love, or, or the kids running through with their flags and, and worshiping is that not only are, are you calling the adults into worship, but you're making space for the children to learn to worship. And let's just start there. Can you share a little bit about your heart for raising up the generations to really learn the, the aspects of whether it's flags, prophetic, uh, musical, like how, how do you see that, that intermixing and what do you feel the body of Christ needs to know about that? Well, I think that, um, what we've tried to do with our kids, um, and I say our kids, you know, my family, we, there's about 12 uh, little kids for, for my, my grandparents, my parents. <clears throat> so they have a, a 12 little ones running around and they've kind of all grown up together. What we've tried to do is raise them in a culture uh, where worship was normal. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that the challenge that we have sometimes <clears throat> is that we, <clears throat> we expect our kids uh, we, we tell them to sit quietly through the worship time and don't distra- distract and don't disrupt and don't do anything. Um, and then by the time they get to be teenagers and we want them to suddenly like flip a switch and turn it on and, and start to actually engage in worship, they don't know how to do that. And they haven't, right. they haven't been in that kind of a culture of, of doing that. And so um, it becomes very difficult. So what we've been trying to do is, you know, just allow our kids to grow up in a culture where they were able to really engage um, in, in ways that made sense for them, no matter what age they were. And so that, that's kind of my heart is that they would get to express themselves. And sometimes 
when they're young and, and stuff, it's, it's a lot more very active, you know, uh, and um, it can be a little bit different. And of course there's boundaries with everything. Right. But um, you know, trying to give them a place where they can uh, engage in ways that they find meaningful and they find enjoyable. Um, and at the same time, helping them to learn, well, here's what God wants and here's what he likes. And um, you know, so I think that's really important. I think if you, if you immerse kids in that from a, at an early age, you don't have this like hard, you know, flipping of a switch that you're trying to do when they get a little bit older. Um, and <clears throat> beyond that, you know, in the tabernacle of David, that's a, <clears throat> a component that was very, uh, it's very important to our ministry. Um, it says that the, that the Levites, the, the fathers and the sons would minister together. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's something about that, that when we, really make it a point to do things generationally. God really honors that. He really loves that. And especially our worship. Um, you know, one of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 89 about uh, Ethan, a guy who says that he's going to sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. And with mm-hmm. his mouth, he will make known God's faithfulness to every generation. It sounds presumptuous. It sounds crazy. But, you know, when, when you make it a point to set your heart to um, tell of God's faithfulness and his, his mercy, to another generation and to call them into worship. God really honors that. And so, you know, as crazy as it sounds for someone to say with my mouth, I will make known to every generation. Well, how are you going to do that? You're going to be dead after like a couple generations, right? right? <laughs> yeah. But we're still reading his words and God honored his desire to speak of, of his mercies to every generation. And so we're still being led in worship by Ethan to this day. So every generation is hearing. And so I just think God really honors that when we want to be intergenerational with our, with our worship. That's a really key component. I love that. That's so powerful. And I do see it woven all through what you do on an individual basis and also what you do through the Philadelphia Tabernacle of David. So tell everyone a little bit about the, about, we're going to call it PTOD, okay, Philadelphia Tabernacle of David, just so everyone knows, that's the short Cliff Notes version of it. Um, tell everyone a little bit about that, like how it came to, to be and what the emphasis of it is and everything. Well, it, it came to be, um, you know, like a lot of things that uh, are um, God things, you, you back into it more than you walk into it. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah, seriously. And, um, and, and we found, uh, you know, uh, my roots, Ruth, I think a little bit like yours, maybe are, are in the Methodist church. Um, and we found in the Methodist church one time, a, a, a guy who was uh, kind of a, we didn't realize what a closet charismatic he was. <laughs> there, <laughs> There's uh, a um, number of them in the United States. I know, church. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, he was, um, he said, Hey, how would you guys, what would you guys think about? I mean, we were just doing worship as a worship team at that time, our family. And he said, what would you think about doing 12 hours of worship? And we thought, oh, that that sounds great. I mean, if a little bit of worship is good, a lot of worship is great. Right. Amen. And, uh, and so, um, you know, so we thought he had a plan. Um, he didn't, his plan was to ask us and then to let us do it. And so, (laughs) um, he said, yeah, well, why don't you just, why don't you do that then? And, and and why don't you do it at pastor so-and-so's church down the street from 8 PM to 8 AM. And we said, wait, did he just say PM to AM? Because that sounds like the night watch to me. And so the very first time we ever did, we had no language for it. We just called it Uh extended times of worship and prayer. We did it at 12 hours through the night, just our worship team, um, which was basically my my family and and extended family and things like that. So, um, And so that was our baptism by fire into what we learned 
really a couple years later was this idea of the tabernacle of David, which is continuous round the clock worship and prayer with a prophetic spirit about it. Um, mm-hmm. And with a, an eye towards the transformation of um, cities and, and nations. Um, and so that's really what we have uh, modeled our, our ministry. That was 20 some years ago now. Um, mm-hmm. But now um, 20 plus years later, we're, we're still pursuing that same basic vision. A lot of the expression has changed. A lot of the things we're doing on a, uh, a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month basis is a little bit different, but um, the same heart. We are still, we still believe that the Tabernacle of David was a nuclear power plant of sorts um, to David's kingdom um, uh-huh. at, at, in, during his reign. It was really the first thing he did. As soon as he becomes king, he says, hey, guys, let's go take Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then secondly, he says, now let's bring the ark back to Jerusalem right. and let's set it up. And, and he had nothing more really than a tent. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was nothing elaborate. Uh, he set it up in a tent and he surrounded it with musicians and singers. And they ministered to the Lord round the clock. And that was a, a power plant of sorts that brought in, ushered in the, the most glorious age of, of, of the uh, uh, kingdom of Israel uh, mm-hmm. that, we, that we know of historically, which was D- David's reign into Solomon's reign. And so, um, you know, that's our heart is that, again, we could, God says he's going to rebuild the tabernacle mm-hmm. of David in, in Amos 9, and then it's repeated in, in Acts 15. God says, I'm rebuilding this and I'm calling, uh, it's allowing all people to come to me there. It's, it's a, as we worship and as we lift up our praise, it draws people to the Lord uh, mm-hmm. and it begins to, to work in cities and transform cities because as our worship goes up, the, the glory of God comes down. Right. So that's our, our basic heart and our basic vision. And um, it's, it's uh, simple in many ways, but it's also very easy to get away from that when you're surrounded by such incredible need in a city like Philadelphia. It's easy to um, not prioritize ministering to the Lord because there's so much ministry to people that has to go on right in front of you. And so um, the reality of what we believe is that our ministry to people is always more effective when we have a vibrant uh, ministry to the Lord that's happening alongside of it. So that's kind of our heart. And it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's been a wild 20 plus year ride and it's been, but it's been really good. Let me, let me have you explain something. I, I know that not everyone might understand what prophetic worship is and that term prophetic in and of itself is kind of on a crazy wild ride right now. So can you just give everyone your definition of prophetic worship and, and just so that they understand what, what we're talking about there? Yeah. Well, I, I'll say first what, what I, I think, some people think prophetic worship is, and, and I'll say what it isn't in that sense. Okay. Is that is, it is not a genre of worship. Right. Um, you know, I think there have been some uh, like artists, if you will, worship artists in the last uh, several years that have come out and um, people kind of categorize them as prophetic worship. And it's almost become like a genre. Mm-hmm. Um, what I, what I really believe um, is uh, what the Lord is after is he's after people who can be sensitive uh, to his heart um, and who can bring forth the sound that he wants in the right moment. And really, to me, that is, is the definition of prophetic worship, bringing forth the sound that God wants in the moment. And that could be a lot of different things. That, does, that could be 
a song you've never uh, written or, or heard before. It could be something you birthed in the moment, or it could be a song that you've heard before. Right. Because maybe God's saying, hey, I really want you to sing, you know, I love you, Lord, right now. I mean, mm-hmm. old school, you know, whatever, like that's nothing new about that in a sense. Right. But if it's right. what God wants in the moment, um, it's it's what we what we want to go for. And so in the Tabernacle of David, there was a man named Kenaniah who um, was the chief musician. And he stood, you know, as the leader of, of all of the musicians. And the Bible says that he was um, instructed in the song and he was, he was the chief musician. And there, there's so many words we go through in this one scripture in, in, in Chronicles. But I'll just say this, the, the, the one word there says he was skillful. Um, and so we tend to think that that means he could really fly up and down the neck of the guitar. Right. But what it really means is it's a Hebrew word called beam, B-I-Y-N. And it literally means he was sensitive or discerning. And I wow. think that's really what God's after in, in a worship leader and in, in not just worship leaders, but worship musicians and worship singers is mm-hmm. he's after people who are sensitive enough to hear what he's doing and to release it in the moment. And that's prophetic worship. And when we have a, a mindset only of here we stand on the earth and we offer our worship up to God in heaven, that's mm-hmm. great. But part of what we're, we're learning to understand is that we are seated in heavenly places. Right. Mm-hmm. And from that place, we hear the sound of, of, of the, the sound that's coming from the throne of God. There's a constant sound coming from the throne of God of thunder and lightning and then voices. And there's words and expressions and songs that are constantly coming from his throne. And so those are the things that we want to hear and we want to release them into the earth. So instead of just thinking about it, uh, we come together on a Sunday morning and we get together and we stand in our church building and we lift up our praises to heaven. What Mm -hmm. if we also said, well, yes, that's true, but we're also seated in heavenly places. We're hearing things that are being released there and we're releasing them into the earth because those are the things that begin to shift and shape the atmosphere, um, you know, by the word of the Lord. Uh, mm-hmm. The atmosphere shifts or the, it says the world was fr- was framed. Right. But but we know that it begins to then give shape to our, our realities and our atmosphere around us when we begin to release that. So that's kind of how I would I would define prophetic worship um, in, a, in a nutshell. <laughs> so. I love that. That's so good. And it really gives a different perspective on it from from your right. What is what has been coming out there right now? It's really powerful um, when you take that. OK, so you talked about not just worshiping the Lord, but also seated in heavenly places and worshiping from that level and being able to hear what's happening. Take that and combine it. One of the things um, that that I know that you really like to go into an area and release the song over that area or release the sound of the area. Can you talk about how, how that works, how those go together, like what the Lord's been showing you over the years? Because I think there's a lot of people who actually carry that and probably don't even realize it. So I think this could be a time where we can equip some people to walk into that with the, you know, with the, the call on their life with the power and authority from the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. I mean, there's so much I could say on that. I just have to <laughs> figure out how to, how to eat this elephant. Right. But I'll, 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 I'll try to say this. I, I, I think that one of the things that we see right now that I think is of great concern to me is that a lot of worship music and certainly the popular things that are out there 
um, have a certain sound to them yeah. and a certain flavor. And I think what that does, and I'm not criticizing that. I mean, if that's right. the, if that's the uh, genuine, authentic sound that um, those people carry, then that's great. Yeah. But what yeah. happens is anything that's popular, and, and again, this is not, I'm not trying to blame anybody for this, but anything that's popular just tends to be imitated. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what happens when we imitate is we, we cut off our own indigenous sound, uh, our, uh, the, the sound that's resident in us, that God's given mm-hmm. us. And many times those sounds are related, like you're saying, they're related to geography. They're mm-hmm. related yeah. to the land. And, you know, it's interesting how um, the Lord uses native sounds to begin to unlock the land. Now, um, you know, all creativity, here's, here's the underlying principle, all, all, all creativity comes from God. Amen. Uh, and, yeah. and so anybody who's ever had a creative gift, whether they have used it for, for the kingdom of God or for the kingdom of darkness, it has all come from the Lord. And then people choose to submit their gift to him or not submit their gift to mm-hmm. him. And so th- this is why stylistically different music and different sounds grow up in certain places and they're not good or bad. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's, it, it's all about the person who then releases the sound. Um, and so just a quick story about all this, right? So um, we were in a, 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 a little, little town called Indianola, Mississippi. Okay. where B.B. Uh, King grew up and shined shoes on the corner of the, I mean, I'm talking wow. tiny little town, right? You know, B.B. King became kind of connected to Memphis and other big cities and stuff like that. But this was where he grew up and shined shoes on the corner and, and started to find his sound. Okay. Well, we went to literally an, an abandoned vacant lot in Indianola, Mississippi. And we began to play the chord progression, mind you, mm-hmm. from, uh, most famous bb king song probably the thrill is gone right okay. I mean, we're singing the words the thrill is gone all right because that's uh-huh. not necessarily uh you know what you don't want to be singing but we right. began to release that sound and we began to release redeemed lyrics we began to release lyrics that, that worship the lord and i i'm telling you i've never seen anything like it when we released that sound we had been worshiping for a little bit but then when we released that sound literally people gathered from all over the place. People came out of houses that I didn't even think anybody was living in because they were so dilapidated. And it was like, it literally, the earth responded. We saw a a cloudy sky that we were worried that we were going to get rained on Uh turn blue like that. Wow. And and, and I mean, it's just, it's just a moment where you go, I don't understand all of that, but there's something about a sound that grew up in this land Mm -hmm. that, that, now, as the redeemed sons, we come back and we release it with the power of, of the cross, uh, it, you know, filtered through the power of the cross. Right? right. And all of a sudden, it's a totally different uh, ball game, you know. And so um, th- there's so much I could say on that. But but I just would say this. And this is to, to, like you said, to kind of help equip some people and set them free in some things. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's a sound in you and maybe it's connected to the culture, maybe it's connected to the to the land, I would encourage you to release it. You know, um, some people say, well, you can't play the blues in church. Listen, you know, uh, <laughs> you, you absolutely can play the yeah, blues you can. in church. Now you're not going to sing about, you know, all the terrible things that happened to you. You know what I mean? But, uh-huh. but it's okay to release that sound and to redeem it and to redeem it with, with this is, I once was lost, but now I'm, I'm found, you know, that sort of thing. 
Um, you know, I think that's really, really key. And actually those sounds, I believe, help to unlock the land. And we've just been kind of taught, whether overtly or covertly, that your sound has to sound like this group yeah. or that group or this mm -hmm. CD or that CD. And really, you know, I think what God wants is he wants those um, sounds that are, that are authentic to us. Authenticity is linked to the word authority. It's the same. I didn't same know root. that really. Okay. Yeah. It's all the same root. Really. It's the word, it's the word author. And okay. so it has the, the, the idea of the, the, the one who writes it, so to speak, right. You, you write mm -hmm. it, you have, you know, you, you just, you know, uh, whatever you want to, you tell the story, right. So authenticity and, and, um, authority are connected. And so the more authentic you can be in a redeemed way, not just, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, but um, in, a, in a redeemed way, the more authentic you can be, the more authority you carry. And that's why David, when Saul wanted to give him his armor to wear against Goliath, he said, look, I, I, don't, I, I can't use this. I've tried on. It doesn't really fit me, right? Mm -hmm. And then he says, just give me my slingshot. This is what I know. And with right. that, he's able to take the giant down because that, that's where the authority was. So I would just encourage people you know, to walk in your sound. Don't try to imitate anybody else. Release what you hear the Father releasing in your heart and through you. You know, it's interesting. Um, I love how you said all creativity, all creativity, you know, comes from God and just how you expounded on that. And I was sitting here thinking about how often groups will go into a, a land, a territory, whatever. And like you said, try to get them to sound like us, so to say, rather than picking up the instruments and the sound and the cadence of that area. And then reclaiming it for the kingdom of heaven. And that goes into so many areas of our lives where we'll run away from something because um, the demonic realm has just copied it. And so we run away rather than saying, we're going to reclaim this. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, and, and that is, um, that's a major issue and has been a major issue in all areas of the church, but particularly I would say in the area of, of music, Mm -hmm. um, we've been pretty convinced that God can't redeem certain things. Yeah. And, you know, I, it's just a shame that, 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 you know, um, is the, the attitude, what you hear <clears throat> when you hear a piece of music played or sung is you hear, yes, the notes, the words, all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. but, but what, what comes through and what will get you, what will hit your heart in a sense is the intent of the musician or the, or the singer. And okay. the intent is very, very powerful. That's what we have to understand. Um, you know, Jesus told us if, if you, you know, it's not about whether you commit adultery or not. It's about whether you think lustfully about a woman, mm -hmm. it's the intent of your heart. And so intent is a very powerful dynamic in the spirit realm. And so when we set our intent on the Lord, we can use these other, these other vessels and it's the intent that's going to come through. And so I think that's really important. And, and, and on the flip side, when people hear music and they go, oh, that seems dark or that, well, what you're discerning many times is a dark intent. Mm -hmm. You're discerning someone who is releasing from a place of dark intent. And that's why these things, um, you know, feel wrong and that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's, that's appropriate that they feel wrong because they are wrong in the intent but it's not inherent in the style or something like that. So I think that's really important to understand. How do you, with that intent, you know, um, whether it's through a musician, through an area or whatever, how do you break through that? Like if you're, if you enter into that, 
how how do you how do you break through like what are some keys i mean there are times when we just need to walk away because it, the intent is so bad and so evil and 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 whatever and we just need to be aware of that i think that's a real key as as we we need to watch what we're focusing on what we're taking in what we're subjecting ourselves to but there's also times when we can go in and, and shift an atmosphere you know because we carry the kingdom of heaven so can you share a little bit you know you you have so much experience like walking into different areas um, how do you weigh that out? How do you listen to the Holy Spirit? And if you have the mandate to step into it, how do you do that? Yeah, well, and I think that the last thing you said is really key there. If you have the mandate to step into that, because when you're talking about something like that, you're talking about, um, you know, you're talking about spiritual warfare, really. Mm -hmm. Yep. And um, the one of the keys there in, in spiritual warfare that I always try to help people understand is you need to be commissioned, mandated, sent into that cir circumstance. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if we have a, if we have a, a group of, of soldiers that just decide to randomly go to war with someone, that's not going to work, right? No, you know I mean? no not you know, at all. <laughs> now, if, if the commander in chief says, this is what we're doing, then you better believe that, you know, it, it, they're going to back everything that's going on and, and, and there'll be success more than likely. Right. <clears throat> and so, um, I think that's a huge key to what you just shared. But the, the thing I would say is, I, I, I think, and this is why we get so afraid of things, but, but here's a, the, the simple principle is this, light always casts out darkness. Amen. And um, I have never gone into a, a room and turned and had to tell the darkness, hey, come on, get out of here. You know, it just, <laughs> it just happens. It yeah. Because when you turn the lights on, darkness goes. And so um, I think that's what we, we, we want to keep in mind some of these things is that um, it, it, not in a prideful way, it, but in a humble way, recognizing that Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. And then he says to us, you are the light of the world, mm -hmm. um, that we are in every sense reflecting and releasing his light everywhere we go, if we're mindful of it. And if we walk into a situation where there is darkness, if we walk into a situation where, you know, I have friends who go into bars mm -hmm. and, you know, they will, will, they'll be at an open mic night and, and out of 10 people, nine out of 10 are going to have not pure intent. Let's right. just put it that way, at least. Right. But they can get up there and they can begin to release their sound and people are crying and people. So it, it, it cuts through. I mean, what if, it's a matter of, in a sense, it's a matter of faith to believe that we carry the light of the Lord and that it does cast out darkness. And that when we come into a situation that we're assigned to, not one that we've assigned ourselves to right, or right. decided we're just going to run into, but when we come to those kinds of situations, God's going to, he's going to show up. And, um, you know, that, that no matter how dark the situation is, you turn on the lights and everybody recognizes it right away. And so um, I think that's probably the, the, the best way I could say this to understand who we really are and what we really carry yeah. and to believe that and to believe that the simplicity of me strumming a guitar and, and opening my mouth and singing could actually begin to cause demons to flee. Um, you know, that seems so simple. It seems so you know, no, it's certainly not a, a, a uh, earthly mindset, right? It's a, but it's one that is absolutely biblical and one that is absolutely um, one that God wants us to, to, to be 
immersed in. And so anyway, I think that's, that's more where I would, I would say we have to train our minds to, to, to be. Understand who we are and whom we belong to and where that yeah. authority comes from. And so um, I can't believe it, Jamie, but we're already about out of time. It's gone. It's gone fast. My gosh. Um, how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, they can connect with us um, through our website. That's the best way. Our website mm-hmm. is uh, Philly, like Philadelphia, P-H-I-L-L-Y, and then T-O-D, which is short for Tabernacle of David, and then .org. So phillytod.org, phillytod.org. And um, they can connect with us there. Um, if they're local to Philadelphia, we've got you know some different things going on. And if they want to connect with uh, our music or whatever, um, there's all ways to do that through the website. So, so I want to encourage you guys to go to that and to go to the website and, and just check out everything they have going on and, and just, um, you know, take a look while you're on there. And next time you're in Philadelphia, take a look at that event page and see, see what's going on. It is powerful to go at, to something that, that the Philadelphia Tabernacle of David is doing. Um, this is a family that absolutely is sold out for the Lord, loves the Lord, has seen it run through the generations. There's power in that. And, you know, um, just has, Jamie is also a phenomenal teacher, as you can tell from, from just this short time we've had together. So worship leader and teacher and just the power and just to grab on to that sound be, being released and what God is doing, because there is a sound that's to be released on the face, the face of this earth. And we've given up way too much ground and it's, it's really time to take it back. And so Jamie, would you mind praying for everyone as we wrap this up? I really feel that there's some who, um, who really have been wondering, how do I release this? What's going on inside of me? And, and they've really, you've shared some really powerful and effective keys to help them step into that. So would you mind just praying for, for everyone? Sure, sure. I can do that. Father, I just thank you today that Lord, you have invited us into the sound of heaven. Lord Jesus, even as we've just celebrated your, your death, your resurrection, we thank you today that it's through the the, the torn veil of your flesh, that we can come into that holy of holies, that we can come into that place around your throne. And Lord, I thank you that we're seated there. And I thank you that we're uh, a, a part of what is going on around your throne, where there's thunder and lightning and voices and worship and colors. Father, I thank you for today unlocking eyes to see those kinds of things. To, to unlock ears, Lord, to hear those kinds of things. Lord, I thank you today for a great uh, unlocking of hearts, for destinies to be realized, Lord. Father, I thank you that today you're unlocking sounds in people, <clears throat> Lord, that have been dormant, even in their bloodline, Lord, for mm-hmm. uh, even generations. Father, those sounds of, of, of the land that are, are now being turned uh, to worship, Lord, so that it would be the sound of every tribe, tongue, and nation, and people group in the earth, Lord. And so, Father, I thank you today for releasing a, a mighty, mighty wind of your Spirit upon any who would hear this, uh, this, this conversation. And, Lord, that you would cause a great grace to fall upon your people to worship from third heaven realities and to release them here into the earth. 
And so, Lord, I thank you today for that. I thank you for your blessing upon each one. And Lord, I thank you for opening up new dimensions of destiny over uh, your people in this hour, especially as it relates to worship. And we give you all the glory in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So, Jamie, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. I so appreciate it. And it was an honor. Thank you. Oh, it's it's always good to be with you. Once in a while we get to we get to minister and worship together and it's always fun. So it's great to have these conversations. And and um, for all of you who have joined us again, please go to Jamie's website, phillytod.org, Philadelphia Tabernacle of David.org. Check them out. Also, I want to encourage you again, you can come visit my website, see what all we have on there, uh, ruthhendrickson.org. And again, thank you for joining us with Real Truth with Ruth. Please subscribe, rate, and review. And again, keep going with the Lord and just let that song come out. There really is a song. And and, you know, um, just a, a crazy little cliff note here, you know, worship has a vibration that goes with it. And, and this land needs to vibrate for the kingdom of heaven. And we are the only ones who carry that sound. And well, if we stop, the rocks are going to cry out, but I'm pretty sure we have a mandate to, to change the atmosphere for the kingdom of heaven and to bring kingdom and to bring heaven to earth. So again, thank you for joining us, Jamie. Again, thank you. You are such a blessing, just blessings to you and your amazing family. Everyone again, thank you and be so blessed. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to comment, like, review, and share it with others to help us reach more people. We also invite you to like and follow Ruth Hendrickson Ministries on Facebook or subscribe to the YouTube channel. We welcome your prayers and financial partnership to make this podcast possible. If you would like to financially support this ministry, please visit our website, ruthhendrickson.org.